Episode 237, Streamflation, Part 1, Unsubscribe. Streaming video services get a surge of subscribers when they launch a hotly anticipated show or movie. But many of these new customers unsubscribe within a few months, according to new data, a challenge even for the industry's deep-pocketed giants. The data illustrate the extent to which streaming wars require all players to consistently churn out popular and often expensive programming to keep fickle subscribers satisfied. Streaming services not only have to build vast libraries of old shows and movies, they also need a couple big, nice, theatrical movies every quarter to make it feel like it is really valuable. Major releases have been a reliable driver of streaming subscriptions, particularly for newer services. Disney Plus, for instance, won far more new US subscribers when the musical Hamilton came out than any other day since early 2020 when the service was still getting off the ground. AT&T's HBO Max saw a jump in US signups when Wonder Woman 1984 was released on Christmas Day 2020. So did Apple TV Plus on the day Greyhound, a World War II movie starring Tom Hanks, came out in July 2020. Many of them don't stick around very long. Approximately half of US viewers who signed up within three days of the release of Hamilton, Wonder Woman 1984, and Greyhound were gone within six months. Even if streaming services only retain half of the users they sign up during big bursts, that still translates into a sizable number of long-term subscribers. All streaming services see a portion of US customers unsubscribe every month and have been signing up more users than they lose over time. But viewers who join a service right after a big release tend to leave significantly faster than the average streaming customer. Comcast Peacock Another service that entered the streaming arena in the past couple of years saw a surge of US signups during the Tokyo Olympics, for which it had streaming rights. Four months later, approximately half of the US customers who had joined around the beginning of the Olympics were gone. In December 2022, Comcast said more than 9 million people were paying to watch Peacock on top of another 7 million cable and broadband customers of Comcast and other providers who get the service free of charge and are using it regularly. Streamers' challenges are exacerbated by the fact that most services are available through a monthly subscription, making it easy for viewers to cancel when they are done binge-watching a specific show. The proliferation of streaming services has given users an array of options. HBO Max, Disney+, Plus. Peacock, Apple TV+, and Discovery+, have entered the field since 2019, when Viacom CBS rebranded and expanded its CBS All Access service, now known as Paramount+. All of them are fighting for market share, with more established players including Netflix, Prime Video, and Disney-controlled Hulu. American households subscribed to 3.6 streaming services on average in 2021. The U.S. subscriber base of Netflix, the country's largest streaming service, has plateaued in recent quarters. When it reported 2021 fourth quarter results in January of 2022, Netflix said it may be affected by growing competition, 
adding that it continues to grow in regions where competitors have launched. The company's operating profit for the quarter shrank to 8.2% from 14.4% a year earlier. Netflix attributed the decrease partly to its larger programming lineup compared with the year earlier period when the pandemic shut down some production. Netflix's stock plunged by 22% after it forecast a significantly lower number of subscriber additions for the first quarter than it added in the previous year despite coming off a string of hit shows and movies. Streaming services spend about twice as much on content, both to create originals and acquire rights to old movies and shows in 2021 than they did in 2017. Netflix alone planned to spend $17 billion on content in 2021. More established services with larger libraries of content have shown higher subscriber retention rates than new entrants. Library titles tend to increase engagement and minimize churn, which is the rate at which customers unsubscribe. But new titles, new content, whether they are movies or series, actually add new subscribers. Netflix experienced a large influx of new customers in the first few weeks of the pandemic in March 2020, when lockdowns left many people with more time to watch shows such as Tiger King. Another notable spike in signups outside that period happened in early December 2020, when David Fincher's Mank and the fourth season of cartoon comedy Big Mouth began streaming on Netflix. Hulu, meanwhile, regularly attracts a wave of new US signups on Black Friday when the service traditionally offers a steep discount. One of Hulu's highest drawing shows is The Handmaid's Tale, the dystopian series featuring Elizabeth Moss that is based on Margaret Atwood's novel of the same name. US viewers who signed up for Netflix when Big Mouth and Mank came out and for Hulu ahead of the fourth season of The Handmaid's Tale have left at a slower pace than the ones who signed up for HBO Max Apple TV Plus and Disney Plus right after the releases of Wonder Woman 1984, Greyhound and Hamilton respectively. Unlike the other titles mentioned, the fourth season of The Handmaid's Tale could not be binged in one sitting. Its 10 episodes were released over the span of months. Apple and HBO Max also have episodic shows that are more likely to retain subscribers for longer, including HBO's Succession and Apple's Ted Lasso. Not all successful shows draw spectacular numbers on day one. Some of the most popular streaming programs of the past few years, including Ted Lasso and Netflix's Squid Game, were sleeper hits that required a few weeks of word of mouth to gain a big following in the US. that shift has been costly. Consumers are winning from the streaming revolution, but across most of Hollywood, the businesses churning out TV and movies are losing. Services such as Netflix, Disney+, Paramount+, and Max have become the default entertainment options for homes across the US rather than cable, thereby saving consumers money. For the titans of Hollywood, that shift has been costly. 
Traditional media and entertainment companies have reported losses of more than $20 billion combined since early 2020 on their direct-to-consumer streaming businesses. Netflix, which brings in profits, is an exception, but the rest of the industry is wondering, while consumers love streaming, is it actually a good business? Investors now care about profitability rather than growth, a change that makes finding new revenue streams and retaining customers critical. Studios that, for years, were able to splurge on content to feed viewers' insatiable appetite for new shows and films must now pull back to make the math work. The ad market is weakening. Many companies have laid off staff to save money, and Hollywood workers are currently on strike. Market values for Paramount Global, Comcast, Walt Disney, and Netflix are down more than $280 billion combined since the end of 2020. Warner Brothers Discovery is worth about half of its total value since its 2022 trading debut as a combined company. The declines have come after many of the stocks rose during the early part of the pandemic when consumers were stuck at home and hungry for entertainment. While Netflix suffered a sheer slump after losing customers for two quarters in 2022, its recent password-sharing crackdown has driven its stock higher. Its share price is up about 22% since the company's new rule went into effect in late May. Adding to streamers' woes is the fact that the US market has gotten crowded. Consumers have a lot of choices when it comes to video subscriptions and are getting pickier about what they pay for regularly turning subscriptions on and off. Collectively, that has had a chilling effect on new subscriber growth. That slowdown in growth has prompted a new chapter of austerity in which many studios are reining in content spending and weeding out underperforming shows and films in their streaming libraries. Discovery Plus and some of its rivals have purged catalogs as a cost-cutting measure. This new Lina Entertainment was taking shape before the Hollywood writer's strike. Now, the writer's strike is interrupting productions and causing studios to pull back on ordering new series. More than half of the scripted titles currently in the works from Sony Group and Netflix are overseas productions, which could help them continue to produce new content during the strike by US writers. Part 3. Netflix and Microsoft Netflix's restructuring is advertising partnership with Microsoft a year into their deal and lowering ad prices in a bid to jumpstart that fledgling corner of its business. The streaming company launched a $6.99 a month ad-supported option for consumers in 2022. Microsoft won a competition to provide technology for the service and sell ads on Netflix's behalf, in part because it offered to pay a revenue guarantee, pledging to deliver a large amount of money to Netflix. With the new ad tier gaining traction slowly, Netflix has had preliminary discussions to sell ads through other partners in addition to Microsoft. Netflix is reworking its pact with Microsoft to reduce the revenue guarantee. Those terms are still being settled. 
Meanwhile, Netflix is offering advertisers better deals. Some advertisers agreed to pay approximately $39 to $45 per 1,000 viewers in recent ad deals, according to ad buyers. Netflix previously charged some brands around $45 to $55. Combined, the reworked Microsoft Pact and lower prices could draw to Netflix new advertisers who previously had been on the sidelines. Netflix surprised Madison Avenue by selecting Microsoft as its ad partner in 2022 instead of Google and Comcast. As part of the company's initial deal, Netflix secured a minimum guarantee, a promise that it would get a large influx of ad revenue to limit its financial risk. Some Netflix executives have been frustrated that Microsoft has not sold more ad inventory. Those soft sales and the weaker-than-expected ad market have so far led Microsoft to pay out the maximum amount required under the guarantee that it agreed to a year ago when Netflix selected the company as its partner in launching the ad business. The lower rates Netflix is offering, which are more in line with what some other subscription video services charge, have enticed new advertisers to buy ads from Netflix. Netflix chief financial officer Spencer Newman said in July that the company's ad revenue isn't material and it doesn't expect it to be a big contributor this year. Since the $6.99 per month ad-supported plan was launched, executives have said Netflix would take a gradual approach to expanding the business. Netflix shares tumbled in July after the company reported second quarter revenue that fell short of projections despite adding almost 6 million subscribers. While Netflix is profitable, unlike many of its rivals, its revenue growth has slowed in a crowded streaming market. Expectations for the rapid growth of Netflix's ad business had been overly optimistic for some time. Netflix's ad business is currently immaterial to the company's revenue, and it will take time to drop subscribers into the ad-supported plan although selling ads might help the company grow faster in the long term. The ad tier represented 3.3% of Netflix's U.S. subscribers at the end of June, up from 1.7% at the end of March. Netflix executives have said that the ad tier brings in more average revenue per user than its 1549 standard plan. Ad buyers and analysts expect Netflix's moves to limit password sharing and end its basic $9.99 ad-free offering for new customers in the US and the UK, and will also nudge customers to sign up for the cheaper ad-supported plan. The company sold ad packages in the spring, timed for the upfront season, when advertisers have traditionally committed to buying commercial time on TV programming for the coming season. Many advertisers cheered Netflix's entry into the ad business because they were long shut out from reaching people who watched the streamers' buzzy entertainment programming. Netflix accounted for 8.2% of U.S. television viewing in June, the second largest share among streaming services after Google's YouTube. Some ad buyers are taking a cautious approach. One ad buying agency that represents major brands is expected to reduce the size of its upfront ad commitment because of the limited number of users on Netflix's ad tier. The agency will buy additional Netflix ad space closer to the time its ads run 
as the subscriber base grows. The relatively small number of subscribers to Netflix's ad tier makes it difficult for advertisers to spend a lot on the platform. Brands risk having viewers see their ads too frequently and cannot effectively target swaths of specific groups of subscribers, according to ad buyers. As a result, many brands only spend a few million dollars on the service with some larger deals in the $6 million to $8 million range. Large advertisers, by comparison, often commit to spending tens of millions of dollars each during TV's upfront ad sales season. Like other media companies, Netflix wined and dined deep-pocketed advertisers in June during the Cannes Lions Ad Festival, which takes place on the French Riviera. Netflix has asked brands to be patient because the ad business is still developing. In addition to lowering rates, Netflix is exploring ways to make it easier for advertisers to purchase ad space. While advertisers must currently buy through Netflix or Microsoft, its partner, the streaming company has had preliminary discussions with ad tech companies, including Trade Desk and Comcast Freewheel, about allowing them to sell Netflix ad space as well. In those situations, Microsoft's Xander would continue to have a role, including the provision of the technology that serves the ads that viewers see. The ad market has been stung by some companies' moves to trim ad spending in the midst of economic uncertainty. Shares of Interpublic Group tumbled in July after the ad company reduced its 2023 growth forecast. The company said it now expects organic revenue growth of 1% to 2% after previously forecasting 2% to 4% growth for the year. Advertisers are also being cautious with their ad dollars given concern about how the strike by actors and writers, Hollywood's biggest labor action in 60 years, will affect the marketplace with fresh broadcast programming on pause and reruns and reality fare expected to feature heavily in fall lineups. Ad buyers said that streamers such as Netflix would benefit from a prolonged strike. Part 4. Streamflation The average cost of watching a major ad-free streaming service is going up by nearly 25% in about a year as entertainment giants bet that customers will either pay up or switch to their cheaper and more lucrative ad-supported plans. In August, Disney raised the price of its Disney Plus and Hulu streaming services for the second time since last fall, following a string of similar announcements by the owners of Peacock, Max, Paramount Plus, and Apple TV Plus. The recent wave of price increases signals a new phase in the streaming wars. After years of charging bargain basement prices in pursuit of fast growth, most of the big players face a financial reckoning with tens of billions of dollars in losses piling up. Now, in a push for profitability, they are testing the loyalty of their customers betting that ratcheting up prices won't lead more people to cancel service, an industry phenomenon known as churn. The price increases come as streaming services are enjoying a larger audience than ever before. 
Streamers captured a record 38.7% of Americans' viewing time in July 2023. And the same data also showed that TV viewing fell below 50% for the first time. Streaming inflation also could drive more people to cycle in and out of subscriptions just to catch their favorite shows and then to switch to lower cost service options that come with ads. When the monthly cost of the ad-free Disney Plus service officially goes up to $13.99 in a few weeks, the service will cost twice its 2019 introductory price of $6.99. Disney was the first company to raise prices twice within a year. There is one category of streaming platforms that Disney left untouched, the ad-supported versions of Disney Plus and Hulu, which will be $6 and $10 cheaper respectively than the ad-free alternatives once the latest increases go into effect on October 12, 2023. In recent months, Disney and its rivals, including Netflix and Mark's parent company Warner Brothers Discovery, have said that the ad-supported versions of their streaming platforms generate more money per user than their ad-free counterparts, as the advertising revenue more than offsets the lower subscription cost. Netflix, which has stood out by not raising prices over the past year, in July stopped offering its basic $9.99 per month ad-free tier in the US, which had the effect of significantly expanding the price gap between its $15.49 standard ad-free plan and its $6.99 ad-supported tier. The streaming giant also started limiting password sharing earlier this year, which led many households to pay a new monthly fee to share an account with people who don't live with them, a price increase of sorts. Overall, the price of most major ad-free streaming platforms is about twice as high as their ad-supported alternatives, with Max being the only exception. At $15.99 per month, its ad-free tier carries a 60% premium over the $9.99 Max with ads. Many of these ad-supported plans are not yet a year old. Both Netflix and Disney Plus have seen their subscriber numbers in North America stagnate in recent quarters, and offering a more affordable ad-supported option gives them a chance to appeal to price-conscious customers. Disney says that since it launched the ad-supported tier of Disney Plus in late 2022, 40% of new subscribers have selected a version with ads. During Disney's previous round of increases, when the company offered users of its $7.99 per month ad-free Disney Plus plan the option to stay on the ad-free plan but pay $10.99 or keep paying $7.99 but be served ads, few customers defected. Disney said about 94% of subscribers to the ad-free version swallowed the $3 increase and stuck with the service. This was a sign to the company that there was room for further price increases. Disney is now raising the price of its ad-free Disney Plus to $13.99, while Hulu, at $17.99 per month, is about to become the most expensive single streaming subscription on the market. Warner Brothers Discovery Chief Executive David Zaslav has long argued that most streaming services are underpriced, given the amount spent on content. In 2022, he told investors that they are not in the business of trying to pick up every subscriber, but to make sure that they get paid and they get paid fairly. Raising prices is only part of the strategy for entertainment companies to narrow their losses in streaming. They are also trying 
to cut spending. U.S. households that have at least one streaming platform subscribe to an average of 4.1 services for which they pay $29.64 per month, nearly twice as much as in 2018, just before the streaming wars began. Over the course of a few months, between the fall of 2019 and the summer of 2020, four major streaming services, Disney+, Peacock, Apple TV+, and Max, were launched. The risk that customers will up on and off between services when they are done watching a specific show is likely to increase given the growing cost on each platform. One way that companies can partly shield themselves from customer defections is by bundling their streaming offerings. Data providers that track consumer spending habits in the US on products including streaming services have long noted that churn in the Disney bundle, which includes Disney+, Plus. Hulu, and ESPN Plus is consistently lower than competitors. Disney announced recently that it was creating a new bundle offering access to the ad-free versions of Disney Plus and Hulu for $19.99 per month. 